And this month in our church, we've been talking about the subject of wisdom. And one of the great places to learn about wisdom is in a book in the Bible called Proverbs. And Proverbs is an interesting book because the author of Proverbs was the king of a nation. And he was an effective, influential king who achieved a lot in his reign. And, uh, you know, sometimes people think when it comes to the Bible, when they picture people who wrote the Bible, they picture people who live in caves, who have no hair and long beards. And at times, that is the truth. There was people in the Bible who got away from the hustle and bustle of life to get the heart and mind of God. But the truth of the matter is the Bible was also written by people who lived lives, who had families, who had jobs, like this guy named Solomon who wrote the book of Proverbs. Interesting, isn't it? And there's so much that we can learn from their lives. Pastor Stuart in the first week started talking about what wisdom is. Wisdom is the ability to apply truth. The Bible, I I mean this with all my heart, the Bible is a fantastic book, but you know when it truly comes alive? Not when you just know it, but when you live it. When you get this book and, and, and read it in such a way that you say, God, this week, tomorrow, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I want to live this book in my life. And so he talked about being people who, who grab a hold of this wisdom, but not only keep it for ourselves, but develop the capacity to impart that, to instruct that, to inspire, to lead people around us. That you would be known as a wise person and that wisdom would not just stay with you, but continue to reach other people. It's fantastic. Last Sunday morning, Pastor Stuart talked about the different stages of life that we go through and how God has a plan in every different age of our lives. He's thought about it. Isn't this a cool thought? Tomorrow has never been lived before, but God has a plan. He has thought about tomorrow before you've even got there. For those who are in their 20s, God has already thought about your 30s. God has already thought about your 40s. God has already, whoa, thought about your 80s. Somebody. And I love Proverbs because one of the greatest, most well-known scriptures in Proverbs is trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust Him. Why? Because God has gone ahead of you and thought about your future. And this year, maybe this year for you has been a moment of great highlights, but maybe for other people, this year has been a time of perhaps moments of pain, moments of heartache. I know for our family this week with my grandma passing away, it wasn't exactly... It was a celebration of her life, but you all know what I mean. It was, it was special, and, and maybe this year, maybe you, you plan to, to really excel in your university studies, and maybe you've, you failed. Maybe this year you've heard news about a loved one in a different country, and they're not going as well as you'd hoped for. But I love this, the Bible says this, that God makes all things work together for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purposes. And He's a comforter and a helper to us in every moment and every time when we need Him. And so, you know, sometimes things can happen in our lives and we don't understand why, but we can trust God. We can trust God. And we can get His heart and His mind and His truth and apply it to our lives. Last Sunday night, we talked about our identity. One of the biggest crimes in the world right now is identity theft. 
People stealing people's identities. I was catching planes this week, and I know other people have been flying. Probably Tongai flew, and you get the boarding pass, and it's got your name on it and all that. I'm really careful with my boarding pass. I don't just want someone to find that and go, oh, I'm going to make a Joshua Moncrief on Facebook. Or <laughs> because I don't want anyone to steal my identity. You know, who knows your license is quite a valuable piece of information. It's got your date of birth, your address, all those things on it. But one of the things that the devil wants to do is he wants to steal your identity. He wants to convince you that you're someone that you're not. And what God wants to do is he wants to help you realize whom he's created you to be. For instance, God's not made us, who knows this, to be fearful people, to be anxious people, but He's called us to be people who have a boldness and a confidence and healthy thinking. And when anxiety hits, we can come to God in prayer. And the Bible says that God can give us a peace which surpasses everything we even understand. But this peace is so strong that what it will be is it will be a guard for our hearts and for our minds. And so sometimes you can dictate whom you are based on circumstances, based on thoughts that pop into your head. But how much better to grab a hold of whom the creator of the world, the creator of you, desired you to be? Wow, I love that. And and it's so exciting. It's so powerful. And and tonight, you know, it's amazing the book of Proverbs because it's got such big picture thoughts, such, such huge life. This is what it's all about. This morning I mentioned one of my favorite scriptures is, is this scripture in a book called Ecclesiastes, and it says that it's better to go to a funeral than a party. What a weird scripture. What a, it's better to go to a funeral than a party. And when you think about that for a moment, a party, you know, it can be all about the right now. What people are wearing, what people are saying, what's cool, what car people came in, the photos that went out of it. But when you go to a funeral, you know what you focus on? What really matters. When you do a eulogy, you don't talk about, oh, this person had the coolest car in cans. Or this person had the most trendy clothes. You talk about their integrity. You talked about the way they treated their family, the way they had their work ethic. You talk about the things that truly matter. And it's important tonight, that's why I love church when we come every week, because we've sort of got life and we're moving and things are happening and it's fast pace. And I love church services because it's where we all get together as the believers and it's like a timeout moment. Pause. Timeout. And we think about who God is. Who God is. One of my favorite things to do as a pastor is to help people from our community, ordinary people, discover how amazing God truly is. There's a scripture in the Bible that says that God's loving kindness is better than life. And the other thing we realize when we get together like this is we can focus our attention on what truly matters. And one of the things that you discover in the Bible as you read it, that one thing that really matters is people. Stuff, it's necessary, but there's something more important than stuff, and that's people. You can't take stuff to heaven with you, but you can take people to heaven with you. Some of the people that you're sitting next to right now, you're going to live with them forever. 
you're going to know them for eternity. And so this evening, with the time we have left, I want to preach a message entitled, Social Tips from a King. Social Tips from a King. And uh, we're going to put up some scriptures tonight. But it's an amazing time that we're living in. Uh, we're living in the, what, what people have said is the fourth revolution. The fourth revolution. The last revolution prior to this was the Industrial Revolution where parts of the world moved from an agricultural society into an industrial society, where they started working on machines and all these things. And it changed the world as we know it. But it's the fourth revolution because one of the things that you may have noticed is technology is changing the world. You can talk to your mobile phone. Hey, Siri. (laughs) You can Google things. You can communicate with people in a moment on the other side of the world. And I, I love what Pastor Jonathan and Anne are doing because they're a voice in that space. They're a light in that area. But as Christians, you know, we need to be, get the prophetic vision of God and speak it out into those spaces that God will be known and God will be seen. And it's so exciting. But also within that, because it's new, there's a whole bunch of things to navigate and how it's, a, you know, one of the things that is talked about young people today is that they're, they're what's the word, technology natives. You know, they've, they've grown up surrounded by technology. And, and some people who maybe are over 65, you're cool because you were part of inventing the computer and the mobile phone. But who knows, you're working hard to keep up because it's moving so fast and it's, it's re- very much interesting. And, and, you know, one of the things is that we're seeing is that in a way, people are more connected than ever before. But in Australia, one of the things that is a challenge is that people can at times feel lonely. Between, out of all the age groups, 18 to 35-year-olds, a percentage of them are struggling with social interaction anxiety. The fear of communicating and interacting with people in real life. Isn't that an out there thought? That when someone invites you to a party, it's not like, woohoo! It's like, I hope I can make it through. (laughs) But I believe if, if we're going to get the heart and mind of God, then God wants to give us the, school, the skills and the abilities and the tools to be amazing with people. He doesn't want you to be a people pleaser. He wants you to be a God pleaser. And in that, He wants you to powerfully love people. And God wants to surround you with people so that you're not lonely, but you are connected. And so when it comes to technology, you're not using technology out of a place of insecurity, but you're using technology out of a place where you know where your identity lies and who you truly are. And that's inspiring because you can minister to people, young people all over the world. Amazing thought when you begin to think about it. So let's take a look at some clues from a king when it comes to navigating with people. These are things you can use at work, you can use at school, at home, university. You can even use with your spouse. How dangerous is that? So let's take a look at the first one. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 1. A soft answer turneth away wrath, but a grievous words stir up anger. A soft answer turneth away wrath. It's interesting that the way that Solomon puts this a king, because he doesn't say you can't give a a fired up answer, an intense answer, but you just got to understand that if you give an intense answer, you might get an angry response. But how beautiful, a soft answer turneth away wrath. 
you know, at work, at home, who knows, it's easy to get fired up. It's easy to get fired up over things. But the Bible says that if we can learn to communicate with a soft answer, it can change the whole atmosphere. It can change the whole situation. And this week, I want to encourage every single one of us. This is a, we can apply this tonight. This is for someone tonight. When you feel that you've got every reason to give an angry answer, maybe God wants to allow his wisdom to flow through you to give a gentle answer. That's good. Next one. A man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. I love what Pastor Jonathan was talking about before, about if you're going to run a channel, if you're going to do something, make sure you do it well. Make sure you do it well. A man's gift will, I love this, a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. What can you be the best in the world at? It's a good question. I think it's so cool that we can look at this as believers because it helps us to get our priorities and our motivations right. But people who are not Christians use this all the time. What can you be a master craftsman at? I recently watched a documentary on Disney. And one of the things that Walt Disney had a vision for is that he just didn't want to be known for creating children's entertainment. He wanted to be known for being a pioneer in the art of animated movies and cinema. And so what he went out of his way to do is to collate some of the best artists in the world who are passionate about the same vision and the same dream. These people took risks. They worked hard. They worked over hours, but they wanted to be the leaders in a new form that had never been seen before. And they moved from animation being black and white to being color, to be connected to audio, to, to creating movies that we see today. They, they didn't even, if you, I watched a documentary, and one of the things that Walt was really upset about was that once he, he, he was in an awards ceremony and he was given an award for children's entertainment. He said, I don't want to be in the category of children's entertainment. I want to be in the same category as everyone else that the art of animation would be seen in the same level playing field. I want to tell stories through the art of animation. Isn't that an amazing thought that he was so focused about being the best in the world with something, doing something that had never been done before? You know, I love what, what Acts talks about, how God wants us to be able to prophesy, which talks about getting God's preferred future, God's ideas for the future and bringing them in, into the now. The people who are sitting in this room, if you are connected to God, you are connected to the most creative person in the whole world. And He wants to give you ideas and insight. But the question is, will you hone the gift that God's placed on your life? Come on, will you just be cruise it or will you refine and practice and put in the effort and put in the energy Come on, to be a world leader, because if you do, it will bring you before great men. And I love this, because if we get our motivation right before God, then we know our heart, we know our goal when we get before great men. To minister to them, to bring the hope and the life of Jesus to these sort of people. I love this. So cool. <laughs> Let's keep going. Is this helping? This is a great one for teenagers. He that tilleth his land shall be satisfied with bread. But he that followeth vain persons is void of understanding. He that tilleth the land shall be satisfied with bread. But he that follow vain persons is void of understanding. When I read this, it talks about he that works hard. He'll be satisfied with a result. But he that followeth vain persons, 
People who are caught up in stuff that doesn't matter is void of understanding. As a teenager, one thing that my parents would not let me do is hang out at shopping centers late at night. Because he always said, bored young people at shopping centers do silly things. I remember I went to school with a girl who comes to our church to this day. She's a part of our church. And on my report card, I, uh, I constantly got that Josh could do better if he paid more attention. <laughs> Anyone else know what I'm talking about? I remember sitting next to this girl named Rebecca in maths, and I was distracting her. And she looked at me and she said, can you please be quiet because I want to learn. Okay, looks like we're learning. (laughs) But who knows, we need friends like that. People in our lives like that. And uh, it's so important. Let's keep going. Whoever rebukes a person will in the end gain favor rather than one who has a flattering tongue. Whoever rebukes a person will in the end gain favor. The word rebuke means correcting them rather than one who has a flattering tongue. Let's look at the next one. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Same thought. Better to have mates who tell you the truth honestly than people who want tell you just what you want to hear to make you feel good. Let me ask you a question. Are you a friend who tells your friends the truth? It's a good question. Love the, another proverb that says that iron sharpens iron. It talks about when you get good friends around your life, you can sharpen each other. You can help build each other up. One of the people that I'm thankful for in this world as we wrap up is tradespeople. Builders, carpenters, electricians, plumbers. And one sign of a tradesperson that you will note always is their ability to not be hypersensitive. Because if they are, they just don't last long. One of the things that you can often tell about someone who's been to university is they're not afraid of boring. They don't have to be entertained all the time. They can experience boring things and realize this might be boring right now, but it will be valuable in the future. And I'm thankful for tradespeople because it's through someone allowing them, probably through constant rebuke, that they learn how to do things well and how to do things right. And you can have people in your life that flatter you and tell you, oh, it's wonderful. But who knows in the trades world, if the house falls down, it ain't wonderful. <laughs> when the client comes back and the wall's not painted right and there's paint dripping down, it ain't wonderful. When the toilet's leaking, it ain't wonderful. And I love this thought because it tells us that let's never be people who just flatter people. 
one of the things that you'll notice about Pastor Stuart and Jane is that they're very, very careful how they encourage people. You probably never hear Pastor Stuart. Maybe, maybe he would. But he'll very, very rarely say these words, things like this. You're a legend. You're a legend. Because when you look at history, there has been some legends. But they did some pretty outstanding things. To say that someone's a champion, a champion, that's a big word. And there's amazing power when you begin to learn the art of being sincere in your encouragement. Because the goal of encouragement is to fill someone's heart with courage. One of the things I do is I love working with teenagers. One of the dangers you can have with teenagers is this, to tell them all the time, you're awesome, you're incredible. And in God, God's created them. They are awesome and they are incredible. But sometimes they can feel when you're just flattering them to get a better outcome. But how much better when you look them in the eye and you say, that was the best I've ever heard you play drums. That's honest. That's truthful. That's the real deal. This year, I've seen you step up. I've seen you be more focused, work harder. And it's inspiring. Good job. I encourage you this week in your workplace as an action step for tonight. To maybe even just go home tonight and think about some people that you could fill their heart with courage. And to do encouragement well, it takes time to really refine what you want to say and how you want to see it, say it so people can feel the strength of your sincerity and your genuineness. And so that it has the outcome that it doesn't inflate them like a balloon, but it brings forth truth and brings forth life. For many of you who come to church, you get to see this. But behind the scenes, there's a lot of healthy rebuking and training and equipping that takes place. For many of you who don't know, one of the people that's just started preaching recently for us is Julie. And one of the things that Pastor Stuart would do is get her in during the week and she would stand on the stage with no one in it and Pastor Stuart would sit there and say, Julie, preach for me. And Julie loved it. <laughs> but Julie would begin to preach. And all of a sudden, Pastor Stuart would say, hey, Julie, I think there's more in you. I think there's, you've got more. There's, there's more in you. Come on, let that passion come out. Let that bigness come out. You're saying, um, too much. Um, um, and he worked with Julie and refined her and refined her. And so what you're seeing is someone who's beginning to craft their gift that's helping you. that's the power of training. Jesus told us to go into all the world and to make disciples. The word disciple means to be a disciplined one. People should feel that in you. They should feel that about you. That you're not just a loose, there's not a looseness about you, but there's someone of incredible focus and incredible vision that's going somewhere. So there's some wise counsel for a king that you can apply to your social life that hopefully will really help people.